Hey gearheads and welcome to GT Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I am your host Corey and on this week's episode, I'm going to have a little bit of reflection, a little bit of introspection, a little bit of self-reflection and just kind of recapping a, a lot of what has happened here on the at GT Garage Talk on our YouTube channel on the podcast and just in real life. It, it has been a crazy month of June and July, to say the least. I, I, this has been the busiest couple of months, and we're barely into July already. It, it has been absolutely ridiculous. And I just kind of wanted to give you a behind-the-scenes look at what happens to make the YouTube channel work because it doesn't just happen. And I can tell you from doing this for a little over a year now, my viewpoints on people on YouTube who have gotten big and have made a name for themselves, good golly, it's a lot of work. I think I felt probably much like you felt if you're just listening and have never really tried to grow a YouTube channel, that it was like all fun and games and you just post the videos up and, you know, wipe your hands clean and you blow up and get famous, right? Oh, if only it were that easy. No, I, <laughs> I worked 11 years as a corporate analyst at a... Uh, regional grocery store chain and did a lot of work. And my goal was trying to help grow sales and find trends and capitalize on those trends. And so luckily for me, a lot of those skills, a lot of the that thinking that I had as a corporate analyst has translated to growing a YouTube channel, which Sounds kind of counterintuitive, like I was selling groceries and now I'm trying to essentially, in the grand scheme of things, sell cars that I don't have. But obviously, if people buy cars because of my reviews, that's a good thing. The brands are happy. And everyone's happy. So it, it really is a weird thing because I, I don't have a product to sell like I did when I was a corporate analyst, but my my product is people watching my YouTube videos. So really, like, I'm not even asking people to spend money. I'm just asking them to spend time and watch my videos, right? Well, because of that, uh, I, I have realized just that it is not as easy as I once thought. And I give huge kudos and credit to... Uh, all of my peers in the online space who are head and shoulders above me and makes me think back to uh, meeting Joe Rady for the first time. Many of you in the automotive space know Joe Rady from Rady's Rides. Man, he is creeping ever so close to 1 million subscribers on YouTube. And when I first interviewed him here on the channel. It was not long after meeting him. He was around 400. So he has doubled in size since I interviewed him and met him just over a year ago. And just totally impressed by the work that he and his wife Lori put into the channel. It, it is 
the two of them all the time, they are hustling and doing the work and huge credit to them. I will put a link to their podcast interview uh, here or down in the show notes so that you can just listen to him. And I, I will say just truly a humble guy started off as a high school teacher and used his skills and his passion for cars and put that together into a very successful YouTube channel and just huge kudos to him and Lori. I know she does not really get the recognition on camera because she's the one holding the camera, but absolutely huge kudos to them. And when I first met them, I had not yet really jumped into the YouTube space yet. Uh, I was, it was at my first Texas Auto Riders event in 2020, believe it or not, uh, October of 2020. And we were driving all kinds of different uh, pickup trucks and SUVs in an off-road setting. Uh, it's also where I met legendary off-roader Sue Mead. Made a lot of connections at that first event and was just truly blown away. I, I was so excited. One, the day before, Stellantis had invited us out to a up-close-and-personal event with the Jeep Grand Wagoneer, which at that point had not been released yet. They only had the concept. And they separated us into different groups. And Joe and Lori were in my group. And I was a little bit starstruck, to say the least. And then just to get to see the behind the scenes of how their videos are produced and how they work. And just how quickly they are able to get the shots that they need and turn them around just unbelievable. I did happen to snag a picture of uh, them filming. I believe it was the 392 Wrangler at the time, but just incredible to see them work. And now having done it for as long as I have, huge, huge, huge kudos because I've refined my craft and uh, what I do since really getting started. I did shoot a Ram TRX <laughs> I don't even want to call it a review. It was, it was not great. <laughs> yeah, uh, mm, it was rough. Uh, I did not have the editing software that I needed for the vision that I had in my head when I shot it. And then add on top of it, I did some voiceover work here at home while literally everyone else in the house was asleep. So I sounded bored and tired and uninterested in this over 700 horsepower pickup truck that I legitimately loved and had a blast driving, but it, it just, it didn't, it did not come across in the video. And, uh, that, that was a wake up call to me coming back from that event, seeing that they had the exact same access I did. They had the exact same time I had with or availability that I had with these vehicles and to see the content they created from the two events. I was impressed to say the least and I've learned from watching them both behind the scenes and seeing their channel grow. I've learned from other peers that are in about the same boat that I'm in doing the same thing. Go check out my friends over at uh, the Texas Truck Channel they also do the brake check show on the Texas Truck Channel when they get cars and performance vehicles. But just fun to see them grow their channel and what they're doing. 
because Brian and Craig, uh, <laughs> y'all crack me up for one. Your humor is just, it, I, I get y'all. Yeah, I'm picking up what y'all are throwing down. It, it's funny. Y'all do good stuff over there. But uh, I absolutely love, I've got this game going with Brian where whenever I'm in a fun, funky car, I send him a picture, much like what I post on Instagram of the steering wheel, trying to hide exactly what it is I'm driving to see if my audience can guess what it is I'm driving. And man, I I thought on multiple occasions I've had Brian stumped. And most recently, I just got out of, and the video drops today if you're listening to this day of release, video drops today for Ferrari Friday. I got to drive a 2011 Ferrari California and never in a million years would nine-year-old just getting into cars, Corey, have dreamt that at 35 years old after doing YouTube seriously for just over a year, would I not only be handed the keys to a Lamborghini Diablo and told, go have at it, drive around your neighborhood, have fun, which, <laughs> again, that video is up on our YouTube channel and was early on as I was still learning what to do and what not to do. And I had literally no time to research specs or anything like that. It it was basically just Matt and I driving around this Lamborghini Diablo and giggling. Fast forward a little bit over a year later, and I'm handed the keys to a 2011 Ferrari California. I did a little more than giggle in the Ferrari review, but I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, th there are cars that you grow up idolizing. There are cars that, you know, you buy the car poster at the Scholastic Book Fair growing up, and you never think that you will actually, one, even get to see one, two, get to see it pull up in front of your house, and three, get to drive it away without having to pay for it, <laughs> without any investment in that particular car. My investment has been in the channel and growing the audience. It's because of you that I get to do stuff like this, but, I mean, uh, <laughs> and poor Tucker. Oh my goodness. Uh, he still to this day talks about the Lamborghini Diablo, the black car with the lift up doors. And he doesn't know in the grand scheme of things what that was. He doesn't know just how rare, cool, and awesome that was. He doesn't know that the Lamborghini uh, Diablo is one of the cars I idolized when I was not that much older than him. He doesn't know that the Ferrari California that we took on four laps around the neighborhood because he just kept asking to go around one more time. He doesn't know how special that car is. He just knew that it was a convertible and it looked cool. And he actually had me put the top up because he said the V8 was too loud. So, you know, bless his little four-year-old heart. There's just, <laughs> uh, he doesn't realize just the world I have 
plopped him into. I do apologize. I, I've ruined him early. Had I been exposed to what he's been exposed to at the age in which I am exposing him, my goodness, I, I would be ruined by 35. Like, the, there, there's no coming back for this for him. And it is going to be interesting, fun, and exciting to watch how he grows and evolves in the car space, what his expectations are as he gets older, what his thoughts are as, you know, he starts to form opinions about cool cars and lame cars and vehicles that he wants back. And, you know, (laughs) my wife, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, my wife started an Instagram page called Female Consumer where she gives her uncorrified <laughs> views on vehicles and she posts some really fun stuff over there and i had i we recently had the genesis gv60 electric hatchback crossover whatever you want to call it here on the channel and that video is coming out next week if you're interested or those videos because yes there's a solo review with just me and then there's one with the family and he, he likes bright colors about as much as I do. He loved that car as much or more than I did. And still to this day, we'll talk about how sad he is that it's gone. She caught a video of him saying goodbye to it as I was backing it out to take it back to Dallas. He went and gave it a kiss on the front bumper and just melted my heart because he, he's he got a five-year head start on me. I didn't really get into cars until I was nine. He's been into cars. Well, he's into cars now at four, has been since maybe even one, but definitely two years old when we introduced him to the Cars franchise on Disney, in Disney and Pixar. So yeah, I, I, I've ruined him properly for sure. And it's interesting to see the things he likes about vehicles and what he takes away from vehicles. He really, really, really liked the Sao Paulo Lime paint job on that GV60. He liked he liked the bright colors. He kept calling it their green car. He wishes we had the green car back. He really, really likes three-row SUVs, mostly because he likes to get in them and play. And kudos, more power to you, kid, because when my mom got her 1998 Pontiac Grand Prix GTP, which my brother and I thought was the coolest car we could have at the time, I would go out in the garage every day. No joke, every day. And I learned everything I could about that car. Uh, We got it slightly used. It was a program car. It had maybe 5,000 miles on it when we got it. So it was 1998, 1999. It, It was around the time that car was brand new. It practically was a brand new car when we got it. It had steering wheel mounted radio controls. It had a 12 disc CD changer in the trunk and one in the dash. No, it had a cassette player in the dash. Yeah. Yeah. Still old school enough. It had a cassette player in the dash, but 240 horsepower, supercharged 3.8 liter V6 up front, powering the front wheels I remember the marketing campaign on that car was the Wide Track Grand Prix. 
and the GTP version being the supercharged version. We just thought that thing was so amazing. And so yes, I would go out in the car with the keys, did not turn it on, obviously, because I didn't. I lived <laughs> to 35 to tell you about it, did not asphyxi asphyxiate myself on uh, exhaust fumes in the garage, but uh, has made me more careful as to where the keys are as a parent now myself, because I I knew better at, in 1998, but uh, I, like I said, I'm introducing Tucker at a much younger age, and I would hate, you know, cars are easier to start now. I would hate for that to happen. So uh, PSA to parents out there, be sure and have your keys in a smart place uh, that your kids can't get out there and start them in the garage and just ruin everything. Uh, yeah, let's get off of that summer note. But yes, I would go out, I would sit in, I would learn anything and everything I could about uh, that vehicle. And my dad had a Kia Sophia at the time. Whew, Kia has come such a long way <laughs> since that beige on beige, five-speed Kia Sophia. I, I would, you know, row through the gears and have fun there. My love of manuals started early as well. I would pretend, you know, race car driver and whatnot. But now, like, I don't have to pretend. Cars show up here for a week at a time. It is literally my job to drive cool cars. Sitting in my garage right now, just, <laughs> it makes me smile, is a 2022 Toyota Supra. A controversial car in its own right. I've even reached out to some of my friends from high school. Shout out to you, Mario. <laughs> because he was excited when I had a quick test a, of a Subaru WRX and said, finally, some Japanese performance. And I, I joked with him when I got the Supra. I sent a comment out on one of my pictures of it. said, does this constitute Japanese performance to you, Mario? And he laughed. He's like, no, it's a nice Beamer, though. And, and that is the, the running joke is that, yes, Toyota went in with BMW in the partnership and development of the Supra. This is probably more BMW than it is Toyota. It definitely is more BMW than it is Toyota, but Toyota definitely had influence. They had a, a sway in how the vehicle was designed and built. So there is Toyota DNA in it nonetheless. But I did laugh. I plugged my iPhone 12 Pro Max into it first thing and on my phone it pops up that I need to download the BMW connected services app so I'm like you couldn't even like fake it for the infotainment like that's a software thing that's not even hardware like Toyota you've got your own in-house infotainment system now like come on <laughs> that that one was an oversight to me that one made me laugh but Seeing that parked in our garage right now, if you've followed our channel for any length of time, you know that we do have a two-car garage, but it's two single doors with a concrete column in between, which makes for an interesting time getting some vehicles in and out. I also have our spare fridge in my parking spot where my Chevy Cruze is normally, and that is where we have the super parked. Poor Nelly has to sit outside now because 
press cards take precedence. Poor Nelly. And seeing this Supra parked in that spot, it is so tiny, so small. It's parked next to my wife's Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk and makes that Cherokee look like a Tahoe. Like, <laughs> the Cherokee towers over it. I think it is deceptive just how small the Supra is. And I've driven one before. I've I've taken one on a track. <laughs> and my goodness, getting this thing in my garage and seeing just how tiny it is, because, you know, you see the long hood because it needs that long hood for the more powerful straight six, very long engine. But <laughs> getting this Supra in the garage, it just... It looks so cute. It's so tiny. It's so small and it's so easy to park in that garage that it is very much laughable. <laughs> it's smaller than my Chevy Cruze by far. And riding in it, I drove it two hours here to Tyler from Dallas after dropping off the Genesis. It does not beat you up. It It, it is not a ride that just makes it an unbearable place to spend time. I, I was surprised. I was not fatigued after the two-hour drive back home. And that that says a lot about how BMW and Toyota built this vehicle. Uh, our review is coming out soon, so you'll get to hear even more from me on this vehicle. But I, so far, I'm impressed. I, I'm honestly still in the midst of my testing of it. I have not fully taken advantage of its corner carving abilities, but as I said, we have taken the three liter version around the track with helmets at speed at Texas Motor Speedway and fell in love with the platform there. So I haven't mentioned yet on this episode, we have the two liter version, so it is quote unquote the slow one. I'll leave the rest for my YouTube review because this vehicle has impressed me. I'll, I'll say that. And uh, I mentioned Tucker really likes three-row SUVs. The other vehicle we have at the moment is a Kia Sorento, which we've recently had a Kia Sorento. We had the EX Trim hybrid powertrain. Uh, now we have the X-Line SX Prestige, maxed out, as good as you can get, very, very fancy, very loaded, um, in holly and my favorite flat gray kind of color, I believe this one, if I'm not mistaken, is the same wolf gray uh, that was on the uh, Kia K5, that was our first real car review here on the channel. And just looks amazing. The rust color interior looks really good on this one as well. I could very much foresee us owning a vehicle like this. And Tucker would appreciate it, that if it were the case. Because again, he likes to get in three-row SUVs and play around. And he and I took all his stuffed animals out there and played for a good 10-15 minutes before. Um, having to come in and eat lunch and you know, live life, whatever. We will be taking this Kia, as I sit and record this episode, we will be taking it back to Dallas, uh, actually Fort Worth, because Ford has invited us out 
to just an amazing event uh, with our video coming out very soon from this as you are listening. Um, they are doing something fun this summer in the Ford Drive-In, and it will go all over the nation. It is a publicity tour for the F-150 Lightning and showing just what this vehicle can do on giving power back. So everyone knows the Ford Lightning is America's best-selling vehicle gone all-electric. I've tested it on the channel I actually got to drive three different trims and sample just all the differences in those. So if you have not watched our lightning video, go check that out. And this Ford drive-in, they will be showing us a screening of Thor Love and Thunder at a drive-in theater. And everything at this drive-in, I assume outside of you know what is built into the drive-in. So like all the arcade stuff that they have set up for fun, for families, all the attractions above and beyond just the drive-in movie are going to be powered exclusively by the Ford F-150 Lightning, a vehicle that Ford claims has enough power on board at a full charge to power the average American home for three days, which is a crazy claim. But they actually sell, and you can finance with your vehicle, a power system for your home or a system for your home that can, when the power goes out, draw power from your plugged-in F-150 Lightning and power the essentials of your home, which absolutely would have come in handy here in the winter of 2021 when Snowmageddon hit Texas Luckily for Holly and I, we never lost power, but a lot of our friends did. We just lost water, which was unfortunate, but we had to do the whole snow in the bathtub to flush the toilet thing. That was fun. <sighs> yeah, but uh, just an exciting experience there. Can't wait to go experience that and uh, see what... Ford has up their sleeves as a publicity stunt for the um, F-150 Lightning. Very excited about that. Cool to get to see the new Marvel Thor Love and Thunder movie as well. And huge kudos and thanks to Ford for this opportunity. And then I, I mentioned June and July have just been crazy for us, mostly because we've had two press vehicles at a time, which is something that is new for us here at the channel. And we're adapting to that as well, because like my reviews, I can go out when I need to go film, go do what I need to do. I've learned a lot. I can do it in much less time. Than it took me when I was starting the channel out, but Holly still works a full-time job that is very demanding of her time and attention as well. And some of our best reviews as of late have been our family reviews because there aren't really a lot of people doing family reviews out on YouTube. Shout out to you, Mike Amusio. I'm still trying to get you on the show. I've had your coworker Lynn on, you know, come on, man. I'm still trying to get a hold of you, but uh, Micah, his wife Evie, and their daughter do reviews 
uh, of all the vehicles he gets for his job at Kelly Blue Book. And that's really the only other family review that I know of on YouTube. So very much uh, looking forward to the possibility of getting to talk to Micah on the channel. But uh, yes, getting to do the family reviews takes a little more work and scheduling and patience and trying to fit them into our crazy schedules and having two at a time only for a week, which when I got started, I'm like, oh yeah, a week at a time, that's that's plenty. But to truly get to know and understand the vehicles inside and out and get to learn, to borrow a phrase from another YouTuber out there, all the quirks and features of a vehicle and actually getting to know or have a glimpse of what it would be like to live with it takes a full week. And honestly, a month would be better because there are some things we're just like learning to live with or understand in the amount of time that we have with them now that uh, a month would be great to flesh out a little bit more. And I, I totally understand now why like the ultimate goal is to buy a vehicle for a long-term test and be able to truly give honest opinions because you've spent your money on it versus it being given to you. And I don't shy away from giving you my honest thoughts and opinions, but honestly, you know, knowing that brands give me these vehicles, I, I definitely want to find where these vehicles shine versus where they lag behind. So I, I'm looking for all the fun things. And that is just, again, a product of having them for a week, being a gearhead and wanting to appreciate the vehicle for what it is. A lot of people put a lot of hard work into making this vehicle possible. So no, I, I, I'm not trying to give a glowing review. Me personally, I am just trying to find the things that I absolutely love about this car because I love cars, but having a vehicle for an extended period of time that I purchased for myself, actually having skin in the game and putting money on something, I, I would absolutely be apt to air my grievances and we have a video coming out soon from a week-long loan where some grievances, <laughs> major grievances came up. So uh, we definitely don't shy away from that here on the channel. It's just not our primary focus, if that makes sense. And I'm sure some people will just call us out on being shills and sold out to the companies. All they do is give us the keys for a week. They don't they don't tell us what to say, what not to say. We are given free reign with these vehicles. It is just my nature to find the best in them, especially because I really like them. Like um there have been some that when they're gone I'm like, "Okay, that was a good experience." But uh for the most part, it, it really is sad to get rid of all these vehicles each time that they depart us. And again, going back to the fact that we have two at a time now, it's been fun to see Holly keeps her thoughts and opinions to herself until we have the cameras rolling so that I, my reaction on camera is genuine. Like I have thoughts and opinions of her thoughts and opinions 
just based on what little bit she gives me in conversation and how she acts about them. Um, certain vehicles have been gone more than other vehicles. Oh, I'll say that. Uh, some vehicles have thinly veiled explanations as to why she needs to take that car to this event or yeah, I can read between the lines, so she can't completely hide everything from me. But, uh, yes, she holds all her honest verbal communication on vehicles until cameras are rolling. And it's fun for me. And I, <laughs> it's almost a running joke now for me to figure out her thoughts before she tells me honestly. And we're working on some more fun stuff centered around that. But uh, yeah, having two vehicles at a time makes for a fun time between the two of us because, you know, I'm like, hey, do you want to take this one? No, I want to take that one. Or I was thinking about me telling her, I, I, w I was thinking about, you know, going out in this one and filming today. And she, oh, really? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, and sometimes vehicles surprise me because I think for one reason or another, she's going to be head over heels for it and she's not, or for some reason or another, I think she's absolutely going to hate it and she doesn't. So she keeps me on my toes for sure. And I'm always trying to get her into different, more fun things. And until the channel grows to a point where she can commit fully to GT Garage Talk as well. Um, her reviews are going to be once a week, more or less, whereas I've got a little more flexibility to get out and film the Ferrari Californias of the world. And uh, I did bring it by for her thoughts and opinions. Uh, she smiled pretty big when I showed up in it, for sure. Uh, I think she liked it probably more than Tucker because, let's face it, that Ferrari was built for her, a millennial. I'm not giving her age away, but a millennial female uh, with a taste for nice things. Um, so the California was definitely built with a feminine eye and approach uh, for their consumer base. I'll, I'll say that. And... Um, that being said, it did have a wide appeal. I, I really liked it myself. I always loved the ample backside of the Ferrari California. Not the best, not the most beautiful Ferrari, but I definitely don't think it deserved all the criticism it earned when uh, Ferrari introduced it to the world. That's for sure. But uh, that really brings me to the end of this episode. It is uh, a becoming less rare instance where you just get me uh, for the week. And I, I, I do want to say, I appreciate you for listening and following along. Um, it really is unfortunate that because of how busy we are with the YouTube channel and trying to schedule out when and how we're shooting vehicles and having multiple vehicles here at a time, the YouTube side of things has taken more and more attention and time away from being able to hunt down 
my friends in the industry and people to interview here on the podcast. But if you have somebody that you want me to reach out to for an interview, if there's somebody you want me to talk to, please let me know. We will reach out. We've got a few interviews in the works, but again, just being able to schedule everything. July and June have been crazy for us, and it it has just been a scheduling nightmare when it comes to the podcast. And you know, I, I thought it was tough when we were recording. At, we when we were recording after typical work hours, I, I thought uh, going into being able to record anytime, whatever, uh, it, it would be a little bit easier. But even still, trying to grow a business, it. There's a lot that goes into it, and I know you've got no sympathy for me because uh, on this very episode, I told you I got to drive a Ferrari for no out-of-pocket costs. So, yeah, I get it. I I totally get it, and I understand where you might be coming from and rolling your eyes at me, or who knows, you may have turned the episode off at this point in time, but I, I do truly appreciate you for listening week in and week out to the podcast. I appreciate you for finding us on YouTube and honestly watching, liking, and commenting. That is the easiest way to support us and what we do. It is the easiest way to grow our channel at no out-of-pocket expense to you, the listener. It is a way that we will eventually be able to allow Holly to jump into this full-time, and I am very much looking forward to that day because there's so much more we could do. There are so many storylines that we can, threads we can tug on, and things that I'm just excited about for the future of GT Garage Talk and continuing to grow this channel, this podcast, the all that comes with uh, reviewing cars on the internet and very excited about the future of the industry. We sampled some really cool stuff. Had a lot of EVs recently, trying to intersperse some gasoline-powered vehicles in there without just overwhelming the channel with EV stuff. So I already mentioned yeah, the Genesis and the Ford Lightning all coming out very soon on the channel. But we do have that Supra in the driveway. We do have the Kia in the driveway. I've sitting on a review of a Mercedes, uh, C-Class. So there, there's a lot coming and <laughs> it's just finding the time and to edit the videos and upload them and promote them and all that fun stuff. So I absolutely thank you for listening and supporting. You know where to find us, gtgaragetalk.com. Links to everything, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Definitely go check out Holly's Instagram page at Female Consumer. Until next time, gearheads, bye.